Jimmy's house at 10 a.m. Food pantry is Wednesdays from 6 to 7.30 p.m. I heard that they had 14 families this week, six new ones, which is awesome that we can help um, that many people in the area. Problem is, is that the workload's becoming overwhelming for Mary Beth. So if there's any of you who feel a heart toward helping, uh, she could really uh, use it. Um, so if you'd like to, to help that help out, that's Wednesdays at 6. We also have a, a donation box in the back. It says food pantry donations. If you'd like to help another way, maybe you can't be there on Wednesdays, but you'd still like to help any non-perishable items that go in there, we'll make sure that they get to some needy families. On Thursday nights, we're doing our book club uh, from uh, at 8 p.m. here. We're up to Chapter 8 on the book club. Youth group Saturday at 7.30. It's the Creative Expression Night, so bring instruments and art supplies. Sundays, we have prayer in the prayer room from 9 to 10 a.m. Some upcoming events. We have a SEER course with Jim Driscoll, March 4th, 5th, and 6th. Registrations open. There's a link to the registration page on our church website. If you register before February 3rd, wow, I can't even hear me now. If you register before February 3rd, it's only $60 for the cost. Jim is awesome. He genuinely has a seer gift, one of the more gifted people I've ever met, and it'll be a blessing for him to be here. If you have gifting that allows you to see things or experience things in the spirit realm, um, Jim's teaching, this course will help just bump you up a notch. So that's in, in, um, that's in March, uh, beginning of March. The end of April, April 22nd to 24th, Lisa Maschek is going to be here. Lisa was voted the Equipper of the Year by John Paul Jackson for Streams Ministry. She's an amazing woman, uh, incredible dream interpreter, amazing in outreach, one of the co-leaders of the Burning Man team, and a good friend. Lisa's going to be here for a weekend event at the end of April for prophetic uh, evangelism training, a dream intensive, we call it. These courses are open to anyone. Tell your friends about it. Invite your friends. Any churches, all churches in the area are welcome. Uh, Doug Addison will be here for a Sunday morning only at the end of May, May 30th. He's got a wedding on that Saturday, and so I snagged him to come and speak here on that Sunday morning. And we're still working on getting uh, Paul Keith Davis for the second half of the year. Um, we will have some, the, the book club's about over. We finished the dream classes that we were doing on Tuesday nights. We will have some other midweek event coming. I just got to be completely frank with you. I haven't decided exactly what it's going to be yet. I've been seeking God and praying about it and trying to say, okay, what's the best use of our limited time to do something midweek? And I'm, I'm still working on figuring out uh, what that is. And um, so stay tuned for more information. I miss any announcements? No? Okay. Open your Bibles to James chapter 5. I began the year, actually ended last year, began this year with um, a message I called Insights for 2010. Just gave you some some prophetic insight God had given to me uh, for our church, and maybe even beyond our church, uh, for this coming year. I shared primarily from Matthew chapter 8 and Jeremiah 18. Um, I encourage you, go to our church website. Those messages are free online. I think you'll find them um, helpful. 
Last week, um, we did something a little bit different. Maybe I should stop saying that every week we seem to do something a little bit different, right? I like doing things a little bit different. But last week, we watched a video. An uh, amazing woman of God named uh, Phyllis Tickle, a message called The Great Emergence. And it was a wonderful overview of church history. Specifically, she talked about these 500-year cycles that the church seems to go through and um, that we're constantly in a state of change. And we are in a state of change again, uh, even now. The audio of that message is on online on our church website, and there's also a link um, to the video of that message. Some of you have been asking for it. To our church website, I added a page called Video. And if you go there, there's links, I think, to a few different things. One link to uh, John Paul's uh, All TV page is a lot a lot of different uh, audio uh, stuff, uh, video stuff there. Um, but also links to a few other things, including the message from last week. So if you're like, hey, that was cool, I want to see it again, I want to share it with my friends, you can get it. You can get it there. Today, I want to share a message called Post Secret. I want to share with you a recent experience that I had and encourage you to more transparency and to greater vulnerability. So, with that as an introduction, let's read uh, Romans 5. I'm going to go through verses 13 to 16. Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing a song of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. Verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Lord, I thank you for the truth that's in your word, for the the gold nuggets, sentence after sentence, that are in that short text. I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to the truth that's here. I ask that in Jesus' name. I want to focus on verse 16 today. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. How many of you guys are raised Catholic? A whole bunch of you, right? Me too. Right? We used to go to confession on Saturdays. We'd go in the confessional, and we would tell the priest our sins so we could get absolution. I think the concept for that, whether you like that idea or not, the concept for it comes from this verse. Verse 16, confess your sins one to another. Why? So that you may be healed. I like the way it's said in other translations. In the message, it says, Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. And the Amplified adds just a little bit more. It says, Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Good stuff. If I understand these verses correctly, there is personal and mutual benefit to admitting our faults, the 
the confessing our sins, the sharing our secrets with one another. Those benefits of healing, living together in wholeness, restoration. I think it also has to do with, I think the key to that, the key to that restoration, that wholeness, that healing, is the unburdening of our hearts of these sins. There's a, there's a slide, Nay, for that Jahari window. I was talking to my daughter last night about the message I'm going to speak. My daughter's a, about to graduate with a psych degree, looking for, uh, looking for graduate schools. And she told me about the Jahari window. I'd never heard about this before. The Jahari window, and there's a picture, or a picture of it, is a cognitive psychological tool created by Joseph Luff and Harry Ingram in 1955. Um, and it's used to help people better understand their interpersonal communication and relationships. There's four boxes here. One says open, one says blind, one says hidden, one says unknown. And there's a graph. What's known to others, what's known to self. What's not known to others, what's not known to self. In the open box, this public area, contains things that are openly known and talked about, which may be seen, these could be seen as strengths or weaknesses. This is the self, the who we are, that we choose to share with other people. The area that we know about ourselves, and it's the area that other people know about ourselves. It's open. The blind area contains things that others observe about us that we don't know. You know, that happens all the time. Other people know things about you, and you just, you're just blind to it. It's a, it's a blind spot for you. They, again, it could be positive or negative. You know, maybe you had people tell you, wow, you, you make a profound difference in the life of the people, uh, you know, in your group. And you're thinking, me? I, I make a difference? I, I don't see it at all. That would be a positive blind spot. It's the area that, um, let's see, lost my spot. It can be positive or negative behavior and will affect the way that others act toward us. It's our blind spot. There's the unknown area. This contains things that nobody knows about us, including ourselves. This may be because we've never exposed those areas of our personality or because they're somehow buried deep inside our consciousness. We don't know it about ourselves. It's there, but we don't know it about ourselves. And nobody else around us knows it either. It's unknown. And then the final part is the, is the hidden, this private area. It contains aspects of ourselves that we know about and keep hidden from others. We know it's there. We, we know what it is, but we don't want anybody else to know about it. We keep this hidden from other people. The application of the Jahari window comes in opening up that open, that green box in the upper left-hand corner. It comes in opening up that box and making it larger and making the other boxes smaller. Healthier people will have that open box as the most predominant in the area. It's the biggest box, and the other boxes become smaller. We're aware of things in us. Other people are aware. It's open. 
we can enlarge the open area, it makes those other three boxes smaller. That's a good thing. This is done by regular and honest exchange and feedback and communication. This, if we can do this and do it well, it helps other people understand what makes us tick. So why did I say all that? Because what I want to talk about now, post-secret helps to do this. Post-secret helps to open up that green window. So let me tell you a little bit about recent experience. Last Sunday night, Nadine and I went into the city. We went to the New, New World Stages on 50th Street to see uh, the post-secret live event with Frank Warren. The tickets were a gift from my wife. She's so good to me. How many of you guys know what post-secret is? Anybody aware? Well, most of you guys don't know. Post-secret is the largest advertisement-free blog in the world. This morning, that blog passed the 300 million hit mark. They've had 300 million visitors to that blog. That's well over a quarter of a billion visitors to a blog. That is staggering. That is phenomenal. What would get so many people to want to go and visit one website? Let me give you a description of what PostSecret is. From Wikipedia, it says that PostSecret is an ongoing community mail art project created by Frank Warren, in which people mail their secrets anonymously on one side of a homemade postcard. Select secrets are then posted on the PostSecret website or used in PostSecret books or museum exhibits. To help introduce PostSecret to you, what I'd like to do now is just show about a, a three-minute um, video. Frank and I collect secrets. I brought some with me tonight. It's alright if you cry and cover your eyes. It's okay if you scream like a girl. I won't tell anyone if you promise the same. Cause I'm scared of the whole world. In just over three years, about 200,000 people have mailed me their secret anonymously on a postcard. Has anybody here mailed a secret to post secret? Anybody brave enough to raise a few arms coming up here and there? Anybody visited the post secret website before? A few more. <laughs> well, I think we all have secrets, and I like to imagine us keeping them in boxes, kind of like this. And I think every day each one of us faces a choice to take that box and to bury it down deep inside of us and forget it like a coffin, or to find it and bring it out into the light open it, and share our secrets like gifts. Is it alright if I lose track of the world? 
people have done has helped me grow and push myself. I thought of this earlier today at, at dinner and I thought it was a really good question. Can I ask you an embarrassing question? Sure. Have you ever tried to mail in a post secret? Yes. What did it say? Everyone who knew me before 9-11 believes I'm dead. I think a secret like this truly does pull you into the story and, and the person behind the secret. The last thing I learned putting that book together is that all of us have a secret that would break your heart if you just knew what it was. I have a secret to share. It's not going to make any of you laugh or applaud. Free your secrets and become who you are. secrets and become who you are. Free your secrets and become who you are. Doesn't that sound like a pretty good translation of confess your sins one to another that you might be healed? I think Frank Warren has found a really unique and creative way to make application to James chapter 5 verse 16. So Nadine and I experienced this, that event. you just seen the video of the little clips of. That's what we experienced the last Sunday night. It was very much like that video. One of the most powerful segments, and the whole event maybe lasted an, oh, an hour, hour and a half max. And he tells stories about um, how he got started with this whole project. And he shares some postcards that never made it on his website or on in the book. And um, and then he opens the mic up and allows anybody in the audience, if they want to, to share a secret. Last Sunday night, one of the most powerful uh, things shared was a, a girl had to be maybe in her 20s. And as it was, she was sta- sitting right behind Nadine and I. And she gets up to the microphone and in a broken voice says that she's afraid that she'll never be pretty enough to have a boyfriend and fall in love and get married. Ooh. And my heart just broke. You know, you could feel the weight of it in the room. You know, and she was beautiful. I just wanted to get up and hug her and tell her she was beautiful and tell her everything was going to be okay. I cried through probably half of that event, either because of the stories that were shared or just what my heart could feel of the broken people in that room. The gentleman, Frank Warren, that you've seen on the video, he started this project five years ago in January 2005. And the simple con- it was it was begun as a, an art project. He created postcards with some simple rules on it. 
and he would he lives in the DC area and he would walk up to people and he'd say hi my name is Frank and I collect secrets and they'd look at him and he would hand them a postcard and says he's doing an art project would they consider writing an anonymous secret on the other side of the postcard and mailing it back to him well much to his surprise thousands of people started sending postcards in and even after he wanted to end the project it had created it had gained a life of its own he couldn't stop it he gets about 200 postcards every day as it is now god bless his mail carrier right and what he does is he takes those postcards and he'll he'll post on the website the postsecret.com website about 20 or 30 of them every sunday morning and sometimes they're hilariously funny sometimes they're they're heartbreaking sometimes they're very sober sometimes they're a bit risque but for the last few years now since i stumbled on this site part of my sunday morning ritual is to click on post secrets and read the new ones that are listed five books have come out of this i think i have them all um The latest is titled Confessions of Life, Death, and God. So most of these secrets, or many of them, have some type of spiritual or faith-connected angle to them. My daughter got me this for Christmas. She knows her dad so well. It's a number one New York Times bestseller. And I thought it would be interesting this morning to share some of the secrets from this book uh, with you. Okay? Sound interesting? I told you, a little bit different today. So that's the cover. Why don't we go to the, to the first one? This is actual secret. Someone said, sent in. said, I found this inside a magazine on an airplane. As soon as I arrived home, I took the ring I've had in my pocket for two years out and proposed to my girlfriend in the middle of the airport. She said yes. And a little note that he found in the magazine, that little scrap of paper there, it says, this is your moment. The right time is now. Ooh, isn't that awesome? I think the person, I, I suspect that the person who scribbled that little note and left it in the magazine in the seat in front of him on that airplane was given a prophetic word. They, they, would, they were given a life-giving, a life-altering, changing word to someone who's going to pick up that magazine and find it. And it, it changed this guy's whole world. And that amazing use of revelatory gifts? Maybe prophetic gifting doesn't have to happen on Sunday morning in front of the church where somebody says, stand up, thus saith the Lord. Right? This whole guy's life was changed because of a little piece of scrap paper. Isn't that amazing? I think that's pretty cool. How about the next one? This one's sobering. I used to tell myself I was helping my patients end the pain. Now I think I just wanted to play God. Hmm. You think that could have weighed heavy on the heart of the person who was engaged in it? Maybe it released something by sending that card in? <laughs> my hope is that it would change their behavior. How about the next one?
person writes, I know I'm not my illness, but some days it seems so overwhelmingly difficult to cope that I put on the label and wear it like a coat. I got to tell you, as a two-time cancer survivor, man, that one really hit me. Because there were days, it's like, I don't want to be identified by my disease. But there are days where it's just so overwhelming. It's just so difficult to cope. It's like, fine, whatever. I prayed for that person when I read it. Like I said, sometimes they're a little risque, this next one. It says, I purposely don't shave when I know I might be tempted to have sex with someone I shouldn't. It always works. (laughs) I'm thinking, hey, whatever works, man, you know? If that's going to keep you on a straight and narrow, then don't shave your legs, lady. This one was interesting. It says, I believe most people don't give Jesus a fair chance to be their friend. Maybe we can change that. Next one. <laughs> I know, sort of hilarious. I'm starting rabbinical school, and I love bacon. <laughs> and some are sad. This one says, I lied. I don't hate the dining room chairs because of the ants. It's because when I was four, mom and dad tied me to it and beat me. So sad. Though this person had no place that they could actually share that. But they were able to do it here. I hope that this person found some measure of relief just getting this off their chest. Some of them are very creative. I think this is very cool. It says, I finally found where I fit in this world. And it's all puzzle pieces. A lot of creativity involved. Well, this one's sad, too. It says, when I was in elementary school, I was a fat kid. This girl on my bus would always make fun of me. I remember her favorite color was yellow. She and the other popular girls would play clapping games and make up sayings to go with them. When I was around... My name is Jenny. They would sing 1-800-9595-JENNY, referring to Jenny Craig. She's so fat, she'll never get skinny. I've lost a lot of weight, but I don't think I'll ever feel skinny, and I hate yellow. Now, Nadine didn't write this one, but she could have. When I cook alone, I always pretend I'm cooking for the Food Network, audience and all. (laughs) I think just yesterday she was making something for me. (laughs) She says her show was a hit. Okay. This one says, I had an entire fake conversation on my cell phone so that I could brag about my kids to the snotty neighbor who I know was listening through the fence. (laughs) (laughs) He just see her sitting on his cell phone. Oh, yeah. And Johnny, yeah, he's just awesome. This one's funny. I go shopping on Sunday mornings because everyone else is at church. (laughs) (laughs) Right on the back of a New Testament. 
<laughs> I purposely make eye contact with men as they leave the adult film section of the video store. I find it amusing. They don't. <laughs> oh, this one really got to me, too. I use a bracelet of Jesus to hide my cutting scars. How many of you guys know someone who, who cuts? Lord, for all those people this morning, Lord, for the people that we know in our lives who are cutting, especially, Lord, those who are using Jesus to hide it, I ask that you'd set them free. Set them free, Lord. I always feel bad when I go to church because of the kind of life I lead. Hmm. I wonder if that's big part of the reason why so many people don't go. It makes you think. Next one's funny. I showed this one to my daughter. She says, yeah, that's right. It says, I'm too much woman for those pansy-ass guys at church. <laughs> says, it's the real reason I'm not married. <laughs> Men, we need to step it up. There's <laughs> You're going too quick with them. Hey, I got to get my little spiel in between, you know? <laughs> Men need to step it up. You can go to the next one. <laughs> this is love, right? I've stopped holding in my thoughts when I'm around you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This one got my attention, too. It says, sometimes I wonder if God is real. And if he is, why did he let my dad die? And why does he talk to some people, but he never talks to me? Even when I talk first. This breaks my heart. Most Sunday mornings I read them and I come across secrets like this and I just pray for the people. This one made me think how important it is that we teach people how to hear God. You know? This one said, after my cancer surgery, I was in pain and I could not rest. One night I prayed to God to let me rest. I went to bed and slept for six hours. When I woke up, the pain was God, gone, and, I got, and I've gotten better every day. I'm an atheist. Wow. Life-changing, huh? <laughs> when I look like I'm praying, I'm really daydreaming about hostage situations. <laughs> Which one of you guys sent this in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one is so sobering as well. It says, I can't take I can't take back what you've taken away, but I can move on with what is left. You took my childhood away from me, but you will never have all of me. I forgive you. Wow. I say good for you. I wish that my boyfriend's mom would be mauled by a bear, a very violent bear. <laughs> As a kid in Catholic school, I was terrified I'd get the call to join the convent, and not any slacker convent either. It'd be one of those balking mad, bleeding Christ, whip yourself convents from the Middle Ages. <laughs> 
And you ladies have that fear growing up in the Catholic Church? No, God, please. <laughs> uh, I love going poop <laughs> because it's like weight loss without exercise. <laughs> It says, <laughs> I met the most perfect guy for me randomly on the beach. But all my life, I've watched shows like CSI, NCIS, Criminal Minds, and Bones. And I'm scared to death. He's a hidden serial killer out to kill me. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I make up sins so I can go to confessional and shock the priest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Is this the last one, Nay? He says, this hand used to sell drugs. Now it worships God. Oh, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a cool sight? And so he puts up new ones every every Sunday morning. And I can tell you, well, I can tell you as well, Frank Warren just seems like the nicest guy. In his interaction at the event that we've seen, he was just kind. And he's very gentle with people who are, you know, just pouring out their hearts. And I looked at him, I'm thinking, man, there's some kind of God influence in his life. And at the back of this book, he talks about growing up in a Pentecostal church. So I know that there's some kind of God thing in him. He got the idea for doing this in a dream. He was in Paris, and he had three postcards on his nightstand. And in the dream, he dreamt about taking those postcards and putting them online. He had a dream that was the inspiration that eventually evolved into this, and now 300 million people have visited this blog. Not bad, right? I, um, I'm friends with him on Facebook or with, with Post Secret, and I follow him on Twitter. And so <clears throat> after Sunday night, I put up something. What a great time we had. And then he posted something, I think it was on, on Monday, that you know, it, it was a sold-out event in New York. And if you want to go to the other event, events that are listed, you know, sign up soon. Make sure you get tickets early. And so I wrote saying it was an amazing event, deeply touched me, and how impressed I was with how kind and tender-hearted Frank was to the people who were there. And so I get this message on Facebook. And it's about a seven-second personal message from Frank Warren to me saying, Hey, Tom, glad you were there, and thank you for the kind words. Boom. I mean, this is a busy guy, right? <clears throat> he didn't have to do that. It's just he just seems like a nice guy. And that if he, if he went to church, you know, most of you guys would probably find it easy to be friends with him. So unassuming. I really like that you know, about him personally. <clears throat> I think things like post-secret and some of the secrets that we've looked at today and many that I've read in the books and on the website, it's, it's a sampling, it's an um, indicator that there's a God consciousness in our culture. The harvest is white. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. If we can learn how to speak their language, if we can find creative ways to enter into their lives, Frank Warren's found a really effective and creative way to do that. I thought maybe we could do this here. 
So don't freak out. <laughs> Not going to make anybody do anything they don't want to do. But I thought maybe we could find a creative way to put James 5.16 into practice and take, take a cue from Post Secrets. I put a bulletin board up on the wall in the back there. And there's a few secrets up there already. And it's an opportunity that if you want to, that you could post one of your secrets. I just have three guidelines, okay? Number one is be honest. Don't make up secrets. I don't want to be like the pastor in the confessional. Somebody's trying to freak me out, you know? I was a mass murderer. I killed 27 people. Police are looking for me right now. No, please don't. You know. That's your secret. Come and talk to me privately. We need to talk. No, honestly, seriously. If you'd like to participate in this, do three things. One, be honest. Two, be anonymous. And three, be creative. Like we've seen lots of creativity, right? A picture's worth a thousand words. Here's a way that maybe you can unburden your soul. And you can get it out maybe without some personal exposure. So I encourage you, be real. Be transparent. Be free. If you want, you can write down your secret, uh, you know, create your little postcard, and just slip it under my office door. And at some point during the week, I'll post it up there. Or if you have opportunity and you can do it without anybody seeing it, just stick it on the board. I thought maybe this would be a way that we could do something creative, maybe a little bit fun, but we can let our walls down. And in doing, put James 5.16, confessing your sins one to another, that you might be healed in the practice. That we could do what Frank Warren said on that little video. Free your secrets and become who you are. I wonder if the secrets we carry, if that isn't the restrictors, the bounds, the binds, the limits that keep us from fulfilling our destiny and from being who God created us to be. I think it's at least a piece of why. And maybe it would be good to be set free. And so, when we left that post-secret event last week, I was thinking about James 5.16, about confessing your sin one to another that you might be healed. And thinking, God, how can we how can we do this? And so I'm thinking this is one way. And I'd like to have some ministry time this morning. Maybe you need, today, maybe you need the benefits of James chapter 5, 16. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need wholeness. Maybe you need restoration. If that's your need, if listening to these secrets shared has stirred something in your heart and you'd like prayer, then I'd love to pray for you this morning. So George, if you could find some appropriate music to put on. Let's pray. Lord, I pray. I pray for all the secrets that we read today, for the authors of all those secrets. Wherever they are, whatever they're doing, I pray that they would encounter you. And I pray, Lord, that they would be healed and that they would be whole. 
and that they would be restored. Holy Spirit, come. I pray that you be with us this morning. And I pray that we would be healed. Lord, I ask that we would be whole. That we would be restored. Father, I pray for my friends here that you would create safe environments where we can be set free from our secrets. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. So if you want prayer, please come forward, and I'll pray for you this morning. If not, the rest of you guys are free to go and enjoy your day and go root for the Jets. Have a great day.